today, you guessed it, as you saw, we are starting a brand new series entitled Bloopers. Bloopers! And you already know what we're going to be talking about, right? No, we're not going to be talking about ridiculousness. We're not going to be talking about YouTube videos. We are going to be talking about mistakes. Specifically, the fact that mistakes are tools that we have that we can learn from. Unfortunately, for some of us, we make mistakes, but we also live from them. We continue in the mistakes. And so today, you guys sound like you are ready and revved up to hear the word of God. Is that true? Come on now. All right, let's pray. Father, we just come to you in the mighty and precious name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that your word is alive and it is active and that today it penetrates to the very core of our hearts, that it speaks to us and it gives us enlightenment and understanding. Father, help us to see and help us to receive all that you have for us this day. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So I want to start off by asking you a question. Have you ever made a mistake? Whoa, wait a minute. Hold up, hold up, hold up. About three of you are telling the truth. The rest of you are liars. All right? It's okay to tell on yourself. Has anybody in this house ever made a mistake? Come on, if you're online, let us know. We've all made mistakes, right? We've all made mistakes. We make mistakes in life. But the truth is this. Unfortunately, some of us are, about, are mistaken about our mistakes. Let me tell you what I mean by that. We're so mistaken about our mistakes that we can't even identify that we've made them. And as a result, we're still making the mistakes. We continue to crash into walls in life in a cyclical circle, just going round and round. Like if we were the people of Israel going around 40 years, same, same path, doing the same things, wanting different results. So the truth is that if we don't uh, shift, if we don't learn how to pivot, if we, if we don't learn from mistakes, we'll continue in them. And the truth is that we don't have to keep making the same mistakes. I really believe there's someone here, maybe you're online, and there's no condemnation in this, but we need to hear this, that you don't have to live with regrets and heartache. You don't have to keep condemning yourself about past mistakes. We can learn from them, and we can outlive them. We can move on. Amen? Isn't that good news? I like a quote that I once heard from a uh, famous uh, basketball coach, a college basketball coach, John Wooden. He said this, a mistake is valu valuable if you do four things with it. Work with me here. Let's say this together. It's valuable if we do what? We recognize it. If what else? We admit it. If we learn from it. And lastly, now let's, let's hone in on that last one real quick. Let's say that really nice and loud because we need to hear that right in the depths of our soul. If we do what? Forget it. Forget it. Isn't that good? If we're going to break free from the stranglehold of past mistakes, we have to learn how to glean lessons from mistakes instead of leaning upon them as a crutch and hobbling through life. I don't know about you, but I've been there where I've held on to some past mistakes and I'm li I've lived with them, and they, they, they don't help us. In fact, they hurt us. And so the first lesson that we are going to be looking at about mistakes and what we can glean from them is that is around this issue of responsibility. Responsibility. I'd like to talk to you today and invite you to dig into God, God's word and hear the voice of God today. Not my opinion, but God's word today as we look to the topic of the buck stops here. Go ahead and tell somebody the buck stops here. The buck stops. Tell somebody else the buck stops here. The buck stops here. This is a 
a phrase that was coined many years ago by a former president named Harry Truman. This president had a plaque on his desk that, say, that stated, the buck stops here. And what it meant was this, it starts and ends with me. If I've made the mistake, I'm responsible for it. I have to do something about it. I'm not going to pass it along. In other words, I'm taking responsibility. And you know, the truth is that one of the greatest mistakes mankind is known to make, even to this day, is not accepting responsibility when we make mistakes. This is actually how mistakes begin in our lives. And they continue to torment us throughout our lives. Why? Because we make the mistake, don't accept the responsibility, and we therefore continue on to the next mistake, and the next mistake, and the next mistake. Now, I want us to turn to Scripture, because it's, it's not our practice here at Church at the Bridge to tell you what we think. It's our practice here to point you to the Word. And so today I want us to look at the first of many mistakes. Mistakes that still plague our lives to this very day. They all started at the very beginning. Turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to read from verses 1 through 13. And starting at verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. This is talking about Satan showing up in disguise. And so he said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Where are you? And he said to him, and he answered, meaning Adam, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, the woman you put here with me. It's her fault. She gave me some, some fruit from the tree and I ate it. But she gave it to me. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, it was the serpent who deceived me. And I ate it. I want you to Consider that from the very beginning of time, in the Garden of Eden, we find blame being passed along. In the beginning, let's just focus on Adam for a moment. I know, guys, you're, you're probably saying, come on, Pastor. It's not, it's not our fault all the time, right? But I want you to consider that we have to start with Adam because Adam was responsible for the leadership in his home. 
See, the buck had to stop with him. And so Adam faced two different opportunities to lead, and he failed at them both. The first was when he gave into Satan's deception, when Eve gave into Satan's deception and ate the forbidden fruit. The scripture tells us that Adam was with her. Verse 6 clearly tells us Adam was with her. And what's crazy about it is that he's with her and he's watching a plot of deception unfold. I don't know about you, fellas, but I got a problem with another guy trying to sweet talk my wife. Right? I got, I got a problem with somebody trying to lure my wife anywhere but right here next to me. And Adam is standing there, and this guy shows up as a serpent. And back in those days, it wasn't, it wasn't a, 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 a threat. Because, you see, they ruled over all the animals in the garden. Yes, sir. And so she's being sweet-talked, and Adam is there going, <laughs> one butterfly, two butterflies. Ooh, that's a pretty one. Ooh. Right? So he's watching all this, right? And she's being enticed. And what we see is he didn't speak up. He didn't try and stop her. He didn't correct the path to blatant disobedience of God's command that was about to take place. Instead, instead of leading his wife away from this sin, Adam followed Eve into this rebellion. The scripture tells us in verse 6, and then he ate it. He ate. See, when God asked Adam what happened, get this, God shows up and he goes, where are you? We have this picture that God was rejecting them. No, God was seeking mankind out from the very beginning of time. And I've got good news for you. No matter your mistake, no matter your hang-up, no matter your mess-up, no matter your issue, it doesn't move God from pursuing you. God loves you. Come on, somebody needs to give God praise for that. My friend, you who watch online and feel distant and alone, God is pursuing you. And so God is pursuing them, and he asked Adam what happened, and Adam again failed to take responsibility. And his response instead was prideful and passive. The woman you put here with me. Let me read it to you with greater emphasis. The woman you put here with me. She gave me some of the fruit from the tree and I ate it. I want you to consider that in naming God and Eve before admitting to his guilt, Adam was both blaming God and Eve for his mistake. Adam was avoiding responsibility and it started a downward spiral and as they say, the rest was history. See, Eve shirked her responsibility, and it transcended into our very lives to this very day. It became our story, a story that still defines how many of us deal with mistakes. You know, you know what that looks like? We don't. We don't deal with them. We cast off responsibility. We say, you made me mad, and she did that, and if they hadn't done this, and if this hadn't happened, and the truth is that we're focusing on everyone else, and we're not looking at our responsibility. Oh. 
And as a result, we never learn from mistakes. Instead, we lean on them. I said, instead, we lean on them. And you know what that does? It leads us to repeating them and deferring to them and using them as a reference for how we live life. My friend, you have made mistakes. We all have. But we don't have to continue to live from those mistakes. And so you see, it starts with responsibility, which leads me to a point that I want to make here as we go forward. When you make a mistake and don't take responsibility, that is the mistake. I'm going to say that again. When you make a mistake and don't take responsibility, that is the mistake. We all make mistakes. True? Right? We all make them. So how come we resist taking responsibility for them? What we don't realize is that that's the next mistake that leads to the next mistake, that leads to a life full of mistakes, that leads to death, destruction, decay, breakdowns in our lives. And so for the next couple of moments that I have here, I want to just give us some practical application steps from Scripture. I want to propose some points for deeper thought, and I want to point you to the Scripture because I believe that the Word of God is useless unless we do something with it, unless we apply it. Somebody say, I'm ready. I'm, ready. I'm, applying. I'm applying. I'm doing it. I'm doing, it. doing what? Ah. Listen to the Word today, Amen. So the first point that I want to propose to you is that you will make mistakes, but you cannot let mistakes make you. I'm going to say that again. If you're taking notes, if you've got a phone, if you want to go back, you should snapshot. Do whatever you got to do. Get it in. But you will make mistakes, but you cannot let mistakes make you. How many of you would agree with the statement? None of us are without mistakes. Right? Isn't that true? It's for that reason that we must start at ground zero and accept that we will make mistakes. Go ahead and tell your neighbor, you're going to make mistakes. Hey, tell five different people you're going to make mistakes. All right, whoa, 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 whoa. Some of you are like really excited about telling other people that they're going to make mistakes. Like we get really excited. But isn't it true, isn't it true that that's what we do? Man, we are quick. Oh, man, I'm going to let him have it. Espera que llegue a la casa, yo le voy a decir. I'm going to let him know. Right? Some of you were so mistaken that here's what we're saying. Man, I wish my mother was here so she could hear this message. Some of us are going like this to the other person saying, this, I told you we had to come here today. And watch the error in this. You're dismissing the fact that you're responsible for your own mistakes. And that you are not responsible for what anyone else does. Oh, I get it. Oh, you made me mad. No. They may have done something that angered you, but you processed it and you made yourself angry. Yikes. Ow. That's amen to all me. Right? So when we make mistakes, because it's going to happen, and, and, and that's not the issue that we should be looking at, 
because we're going to make mistakes, it should come as no surprise when we do make them. Hear where I'm coming from. We shouldn't act like we didn't make the mistake. We shouldn't try to excuse it away. The reality is that we should accept the responsibility for it. We should admit and acknowledge, I messed up. I've gone wrong. And when we reject the responsibility that we bear in our mistakes, that's when mistakes start to make us into someone we don't want to be and lead us down a path of destruction. My friend, we all make mistakes, but we don't have to let mistakes make us. The scripture gives us an example of this through a guy named King Saul. I don't have time to get into his, all his story, but I'll just allude to a portion of it. Saul was a man who was Israel's first king. He came from the smallest tribe in Israel, a small tribe called Benjamin. But to make matters that more complicated for himself, the scripture gives us evidence that Saul saw himself as small. This was beyond humility. Saul was insecure. And so, eventually, he gets to the point where he gets announced to all the nation of Israel. He's being presented as king. And the scripture tells us that on that day, when the prophet Samuel shows up before Israel and says, here's your king, Saul was behind a bush, hiding, shivering, trying to go, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't. Now, what's interesting is, though he saw himself as small initially, he quickly came to see himself as bigger than God. He grew prideful. See, so great was his pride that after defeating the Amalekite armies, the first task that God gave him, the scripture tells us in 1 Samuel 15, 12, that he was in Carmel and there he set up a monument in his own honor. Praise me for having done what God called me to do. The problem is he didn't do what God called him to do. He made a grave mistake. I'll give you some context for this and then so we can move forward. The scripture says that after he was anointed king and he was presented before all Israel and he assumed the throne, that God told Saul through the prophet Samuel, you are to go to the Amalekites, that nation, and you are to destroy them. These were people that were... Uh, adverse to God, they rejected God, they were very disrespectful to the people of Israel, and they had committed grave sins against the people of God, and so God said, wipe them out completely, leave nothing alive, kill all the animals, kill everyone, destroy everything, don't take not one piece of property from the Amalekites, I want it all destroyed. And this is important because if you study out the uh, Old Testament, what you'll see is that first battles were very significant. They are very significant. They were the first thing that God would call the nation to do, and those first determined the rest. They determined the direction. And so Saul says, okay, God, I'm going to do it. And 1 Samuel 15, 20 tells us how that all played out. Watch what the prophet Samuel says to him. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder? In other words, why did you take from the, from the Amalekites? Why did you take that cup? Why did you take those animals? Why did you take that food? Why did you take those expensive linens? Why did you take this? 
He says, and do evil in the eyes of the Lord. Watch Saul's response. But I did obey the Lord. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, their king. And the soldiers, the soldiers, the soldiers, they took the sheep and, and the cattle from, from the plunder and the best of what was devoted to God in order to sacrifice them. Watch this to the Lord, your God, in Gilgal. Do you see the dishonor that was working in this man's heart? Do you see the disobedience? Do you see the mistakes? See, Saul had one objective. Honor God by following his instruction. My friends, let me just take a quick pause. That's good. That's good advice. Honor God by following his instruction. Do it his way and you'll always have a way in life. You'll always have a path charted. Come on, we can give God some praise. And so when Saul was confronted with, with the reality of his mistake, what we see is that he shirked the responsibility by reasoning that he had done right by winning the battle. But the king was still alive. The animals were still there. The best of the land they had taken. And he reasoned even worse that it was the soldiers who were at fault for not killing all the animals. After all, we wanted to do something good for God. My friend, you might think you're doing something good for God, but if you're not doing what God has called you to do, it's not good. Amen. It's gone. You will lose it. It'll, it'll lead to destruction. See, mistakes begin to make us when we pass the buck and they hold serious consequences. Listen to 1 Samuel 15, 23. It says, for rebellion is like the sin of divination. This is the prophet Samuel speaking to Saul about his grave error. He's saying, listen, what you did is as if you went to someone else in place of God, seeking direction and guidance from them and dismissing God. He says, in arrogance like the evil of idolatry, you've replaced me. You've replaced me with yourself, Saul. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. See, when we become people who fail to accept responsibility for our mistakes, you know what it does? It actually reveals what our true focus is of worship. We worship ourselves. We worship ourselves. We're more concerned with ourselves let me, let me play that out for you. No, but you did this, and you did. I didn't say that, and I didn't do that. No, I'm, I'm not. No, but had you not done this, and you had done that, and what's the operative, uh, 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 the, 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 the denominating factor that's working there all the whole time? It's I. I did not do this. I am not responsible. I can't change this. And I did not, did not offend you. And I, 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 yeah, 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 Man, that's bad. Next point that I want to leave you with here is that all men make mistakes, but only wise men 
learn from them. All men, all people make mistakes. But only wise men, wise people learn from them. Let me ask you a question. And I don't want you to shout this out. I want you to reflect on this question for a moment. What did you learn from your last mistake? If you can't answer that question, hear the voice of God today. He's speaking to you. He's talking to each and every one of us. You know, after making the crucial mistake of passively allowing Eve to even consider disobeying God, what we see is that it then led to Adam disobeying God, which then led to them hiding from God and disobeying God. Do you see the downward spiral of mistakes? You start at step one. You made a mistake, but then we shirk responsibility for it. It's not my fault, which is the next mistake, which then opens the door to another mistake, which is pride. And then from pride, we go on to attacking and fighting, and we think we're right. But my friend, let me tell you something. You may fight to be right, but you will always be wrong. Why? Because you're concerned with making yourself right in the eyes of others, not realizing that you're not doing it right in the sight of God. Listen closely. Listen closely. When we pass the buck of responsibility for our mistakes, it always leads to more mistakes. Always. Always. You know, in referring to the people of Israel in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we're going to read that in a second, it was referring to the people of Israel's many mistakes and specifically why these mistakes were recorded for future generations to go back ceremoniously throughout the year once a year, twice a year, during these different festivals, they would look back. The Passover was an observance of a miracle that God performed to deliver them, but it also highlighted their mistakes. And so they were recorded from generation to generation for a reason. In other words, those mistakes were there to learn something from them. Let me show you that. I'm reading from a paraphrase, the Message Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, starting at verse 11. It says, these are all warning markers Danger! In our history books, they're written down so that we don't repeat their mistakes. Our positions in this story are parallel. They, they are at the beginning, we at the end. And we are just as capable for messing it up as they were. Go ahead and tell somebody. I'm going to make mistakes. Now get just as happy as you did before and tell five other people, I'm going to make mistakes. Come on, this is healing for the soul. Be truthful. We're not, now, now, now hear this, somebody needs to hear this. Don't be so naive and self-confident. You're not exempt. You're not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God confidence. You know, there's a difference between falling and failing. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Falling is a mistake 
that you learn from and you get back up from. Right? That's what falling is. The Bible says this. See, falling is not an issue for God, with, with God with us, for God with us. Let me tell you how, why I say that. The scripture says this, that a righteous man, watch this, a righteous man, here's how we hear it. A righteous man never falls. No, that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. He gets back up. Listen closely. Somebody needs to hear this. You're online. You've been struggling. You've got questions. You're, you're beating yourself up. You're condemning yourself. You're replaying the mistakes. You're replaying what people have told you. You're thinking you're a loser, that you can never win in life. You're believing that you can't get back up, that there's no hope for you. And listen to what the scripture reveals to us. Get back up. Come on, tell somebody, get back up. We got to get back up. See, failing is a, falling is a mistake that you learn and get back up from, but failing is a mistake that you keep making because you remain ignorant of the lessons that the mistakes afford you. We can learn from mistakes. We should be learning from mistakes, not living from them. Got to tell somebody the buck stops here. It's time to start taking responsibility, people of God. Listen, there's some good that we can pull from mistakes if we remain humble and teachable. I want to use the word mistakes as an acrostic before we start closing out. We're coming towards the tail end of our message today. The word M, the letter M in the word mistakes stands for messages. Messages. Mistakes are messages. Why do I say that? Because they give us feedback on life. Perfect example. You can't go right unless you realize where you're wrong. I mean, it's such a simple concept. And when we shirk our responsibility and mistakes, what we are also refusing is the message of truth where we've gone wrong so that we can then go right. The I in the word mistakes, mistakes are inter interruptions. They're interruptions. What do I mean by that? They afford us lessons. In other words, they're not meant to be life sentences. We can learn from them. For some of us, we dwell so much on the mistakes that we've made, not realizing that we are the very ones inflicting the consequences upon ourselves because we refuse to let go. Listen closely. If God declared before all the world through Jesus Christ that by his stripes we've been healed, that according to his sacrifice we now have a new covenant, that we are made righteous and holy people, how dare we judge ourselves otherwise. If God said, the sacrifice that Christ made on your behalf is good enough for me, why do we act like we have to sacrifice and make ourselves right for God by our behavior? Behavior doesn't get you into relationship with God. You know what gets you into relationship with God? His grace and his love and his mercy and his forgiveness and his truth. Come on now, give God some praise. The S in mistakes. Mistakes are signposts. You ever run through a stop sign? I just by just by your reactions, I could tell that all of you have done that. Be praying for you guys. Right? Think about this. Stop signs are there for a reason. They don't just tell it, they're not there for the purpose of simply making us stop or imploring us to stop. They're there to communicate a few different things. There's danger ahead. 
if you run through this, you might not realize that there's a car coming the other way. So it's for your protection. It's for the protection of another, right? It's to warn you ahead of time so you don't make the mistake. And see, many times when it comes to mistakes, we, we refuse, we blind our eyes, we get so tunnel vision, so focused on what I want and how, look she, how good she looks and how great she is and how, how, how she must be from God and he must be from God because after all, God, he is fine. And every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. And we miss the sign. Stop. You haven't even given time to consider truth. Mistakes are signs. They provide us warning of great pitfalls to come, of great danger, if we keep running through the same stop signs of life. They're telling us you're about to make a mistake that you're going to continue to make. Stop. Somebody needs to hear this. Stop. Stop. It's time to stop. You know what's the beauty about when you stop? you then have the opportunity to start again. You can move forward. God is good. Hear the voice of God. Mistakes, the T. Mistakes are tests. What do I mean by that? Mistakes are the opportunity for us to pass the test of getting back up. As I said before, the righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. The test is not that you, if you'll ever make a mistake again. The test is will you get back up? Will you learn from this and recoup and recover? Will you, will, will you grow into a new level of promotion? See, that's the test. Will you get back up? Mistakes, the letter A, mistakes are awakenings. Mistakes have the power to wake us up to the truth about our beliefs, our attitudes, our true desires, our motives. When you recognize I'm making, I've made a mistake here, you know what it should also do? It should cause us to go a little bit deeper and say, why am I making this mistake? What did I believe wrongly? What, what attitude have I been holding on to? It's, it's a good thing. They awaken us. Decay. Mistakes are keys. They're keys that redirect us to seek new doors of opportunity. And you know what that door of opportunity is? I know for some of us, maybe you grew up in church like I did, and when you heard the word repentance, if you were like me, you kind of started getting... A, twitch you know it's like oh this I'm supposed to start crying now and feels like so bad and snot right and snort and and fall in front of somebody and and just oh God please forgive me again oh my God I'm so sorry Jesus I accept you as my Lord and Savior again and next Friday again and next Friday again and then on Sunday again and then Monday again and then Wednesday yeah I went to that church and that's not repentance repentance is not an emotional experience it might you might have some emotion attached to it, but repentance is simply this, turning around. And see, mistakes are keys. Because what they do is they allow us to see where we are and say, I'm heading in the wrong direction. There's a reason why I keep finding myself in this situation. There's a reason why things keep blowing up. There's a reason why this happens with this person and that person. May I submit to you, my friend, this? That if you find yourself in a situation where you say, but that person hurt me and these people did this to me and every time, everywhere, somebody's always doing something to you. Do you notice that the common denominator in all of it is that you are there all the time? Maybe you're the one that's bringing the mistake and making it? Turn around. 
It's a key. Turn around. Because when you turn around, what you do is you open the door for God to turn your circumstances around. Mistakes, the E. Mistakes are examples. They're examples. We saw from 1 Corinthians 10 that God encouraged his people back then, and he tells us even to this day, look back to those mistakes, but not so that you can repeat them. Not as a reference point for what you're to do in life. No, look back on them and learn from them. Do you realize, I've got good news for you, that you can read the Bible and avoid certain mistakes in life? Let me, let me, let me, let me rephrase that because there's a greater truth. You can avoid all mistakes. You can get direction before you find yourself in the middle of a problem. And for some of us, we'd be wise to even look to the mistakes that other people made and go, not doing that one. I'm not going to treat my kids that way. I'm not going to respond to my wife that way. I'm not going to make those business decisions that way. I'm not going to lead my career that way. Why? Because they are examples that we can draw from so that we can do what is right and good and godly. And lastly, mistakes, they're statements. Statements of truth about the current stage of development that we are in. You know, there's a reason why the scripture tells us that we should be uh, wise and clear in our own estimate of ourselves. You know why? Because sometimes we think we got it so together that we're tearing everything apart. We've got to be honest about where we are in our growth process. It's a, it's, a, it's a jumping point for the journey of life. And lastly, as we close out here today, I want to leave you with this thought. It's that mistakes remind us that we are forgiven. They remind us that we are forgiven, not forgotten. Let me say this again. Mistakes remind us that we are forgiven, not forgotten. You know, one of the main reasons that we avoid responsibility for mistakes is because who wants to feel rejected? Who wants to feel like they're being looked down upon by others, that they're disappointing, that they're a disappointment? Who wants to feel that way before God? And my friend, I submit to you this. Mistakes reveal more than our errors. Mistakes actually reveal something much greater than our failures and our fears of rejection. I want to point you to the scripture in this regard in Psalm 145, 14. It says this, the Lord upholds all who fall. Listen to what the scripture is saying. The Lord, he is bracing. I'm, I'm actually going to read that in the, in the Hebrew right now in a second. But the Lord upholds, upholds all who fall and he lifts up all who are bowed down. Get a vision of that. Imagine yourself in the midst of that scripture. Here's how it's rendered in the, in the original language in the Hebrew. The Lord takes hold and braces all that fall. We're thinking that God shows up after we've made the mistake. Listen what the Hebrew actually says. While you're falling, God is there going, I got you. I got you, I'm right here. I'm right here. And oftentimes what we tend to do is, no, 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 I got this. And we fall flat on our face. The Hebrew goes on to say, and he raises up with comfort those who are bowed down in their distress and humiliation. Can I tell you, 
that the same that was true then is still true now. The way up to God's kingdom is always down. We must have a posture of heart that says, Lord, here I am. This is the reality. Lord, I'm making these mistakes. Lord, I've fallen short in this regard. Lord, I, 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 I haven't grown in this area. I don't have it as together as people might think. Can I tell you something your pastor's real good at? Making mistakes. We're not exempt of it. We all make them. We all make them, but I will tell you this. When you recognize, and I know I'm going to make mistakes, you may be down, but you won't stay down. It takes humility. It takes an open heart to God that acknowledges I've messed up. See, if we're to rise up from our mistakes, we must have that posture of the heart that is bowed down when we fall down. We must be surrendered to God, humble before God. See, the truth is that we can never rise from our mistakes if we're not willing to submit to God for his help and direction. If we're, if we're not willing to fall into his embrace instead of on our face. As we take, as we rise up today and we come to a close, I want us to take a moment with God because after all, what's the point of hearing the good word of God if we don't draw the good from it and apply it? I want you to take a moment right now to simply consider this. God, what are you speaking to me? If we're being completely transparent with God, I can assure you of this. Everyone here has had a moment where you said, God, that's me. I'm there. And there's no condemnation in that. There's actually freedom in knowing the truth because Jesus said when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. I heard one time that there's this old backcountry road somewhere in Mississippi. Don't ask me where. I think I went through Mississippi one time and we got lost. And I stopped at a gas station and asking for directions and the guy couldn't help me and I got grossed out because there was like all these type of animal hooves in these jars. Hey, if you like that stuff, I ain't knocking you. It just, anyway, let me get back to it. <laughs> never mind me, never mind, never mind. I just, it, I went back to a mistake, I'm sorry. I gotta move on from that. No, but I, I heard that there's a backcountry road somewhere in Mississippi that is an old dirt path and that people were known to cut into that dirt path for the purpose of uh, cutting about an hour off their trip. The problem is that during the rainy season, after it dried up the following days, you, it would develop these deep clay center ruts. And anybody who's smart enough in this regard of, of, of navigating it, they wouldn't do what some people did. Some people, what they do is they just drive over all the ruts and they mess up their, you know, their cars. So the wise thing to do in that regard would be to get into a rut and follow it for the next 30 miles. I wonder if there's any of us who unwisely have been carrying in a rut of mistakes and trying to get through life by living with those mistakes.
My friend, maybe you've been there 30 days. Maybe you've been there three days. Maybe you've been there 30 years. I have good news for you. God says, today's the day that your eyes are open and you acknowledge and you recognize, God, I've made this mistake. And now I turn around. Isn't that good? Come on now. God is all about embracing and lifting and restoring and transforming lives. And I'm telling you right now that God has spoken to each and every one of us. And he's asking you, will you turn around? Will you go in a different direction? Here's a good way to know if you're making mistakes is what you're doing working for you. I mean, is it really, really leading you to a life of peace and joy? Is it causing you to grow? Is it drawing you nearer to God or further from Him? Today, we're taking a moment before God. We're being honest. Hmm. Thank you, Lord, that you don't see us according to mistakes, that you view us according to your mercy. Thank you, Lord, that while we've been falling, Lord, you're there embracing us, catching us. Thank you, Lord, that we get the opportunity and the privilege to get back up. Thank you for your faithfulness, your kindness. You say in your word that through Jesus once and for all, you address the issue of sin. That doesn't mean that we won't make mistakes, but that means that we are not a mistake in your eyes. Today we say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for giving us strength, for picking us up. If there's anyone here today, we don't like to end our services without ever giving you a chance, an opportunity to go before the Lord if you've never known him, to turn around. See, God gives us truth for the purpose of knowing him and finding a new life, a better way. If you find yourself here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ, if you're online and you've never made that decision, if you've just been trying to do it on your own, stuck in a rut, making mistakes, reliving mistakes, replicating error and destruction. If you find yourself there, but today you realize God is reaching out to you, he's speaking to you, then I submit to you, my friend, that you must first know this, that the Bible says that while we were still yet sinners, let me put that to you in modern terms, while we were still making mistakes, God demonstrated his love for us in this. He gave his son to die for us. Why? Because you see, from the very beginning, we've made mistakes. Mistakes that are still playing out in all humanity today, which tells us something. We can't make up the difference for our mistakes. How many of you know that when somebody makes a mistake against you, you want retribution? You got to make it right. Well, guess what? In God's eyes, none of us can because we're going to make more mistakes. Thus, the scripture tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. While he was sinless, he assumed the sin of the world to pay the price, the penalty that was owed for sin. And he rose again to prove he's God, but to prove that you and I can rise too. If you believe that here today with us, we want to do something. We're going to ask you to raise your hand. Before you do so, I'm going to tell you why we do that. Not to embarrass you, not to shame anyone, not to make a spectacle. Nobody's looking at you only God. 
But the reason why we ask you to do so, and if you're online, we ask you to private message us, give us an emoji. If you make that decision today, fill out a connect card. Why? Because you are a very important person to God. You are VIP status. And also because we want to see you and know you and walk alongside you on this journey. You know, it's one of the wisest things that we can do to avoid mistakes, to surround ourselves with people that maybe have made the same ones and can help us now walk in the right direction. And so if you're accepting Christ today for the first time, if you turned away from the things of God and you're saying, I'm rededicating my life to God from this point forward, no more mistakes, I make the best choice, I choose you, God. I choose you, Jesus. If you're making that decision today, right now, one, two, three, raise your hand up. Let God know, God, I see you, I believe in you, I put my trust in you. Come on, online, in the house, praise God. We are celebrating what God is doing in your life. Let's pray this together. Say, Jesus, I believe. You love me, and I matter to you. I believe that you died for my sin, paid the price for my sin, and you rose again as God and to prove that I can rise too. And so today I declare, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. You are my God. And from this day forward, I put my trust in you, and I thank you for a new life. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.